Welcome to Design Much with Andy and Patrick. Hey, Patrick. <laughs> hey, Andy. <laughs> Are you coming off your high from last week's episode, the 100th episode? Um, yeah, um, I. It, it's still just a wonderful thing. You know, I, I can't get over how great it was um, having all those 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 buddies on the show. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Hopefully at 200, hopefully when we, if we make it to 200, we'll have different friends that we can bring on the show. <laughs> different friends. You didn't like those yeah. ones? <laughs> no, I, I like them, but they seem like they're, they're, they're regulars, right? We need some, we need to, we need some new regulars now. That's true. I think it's going to happen because I think the way it works, Patrick, is once you hit 100, you just get like thousands and thousands of more followers. I'm pretty sure that's mm-hmm. the way it works. So. Um, yeah, I I do think just because we hit 100 that there's twice as many people listening to this podcast because it's 101 than there was 100. Yes, that's the way the podcast universe works. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I think it'll be be really great um, now that we're going to be super rich and famous because of Design Much podcast because mm-hmm. we made it to 100. Yeah. <sighs> On to a thousand. On to a thousand. <laughs> that'll take us a while yeah it ten, won't be too bad ten though. years yeah yeah it'll be it'll be worth it though before we know it man it'll be like whoa a thousand yeah we'll be 60 years old sitting in rocking chairs recording the podcast that might be kind of hard but maybe How by that doing, time Andy? <laughs> maybe by that time Mike's will be able to pick us up well when we're rocking back and forth still you know yeah um it'll be kind of like this it'll be like hey andy how's it going hey andy how's it going hey hey or we can translate it well we'll be so big by the time we'll get those like those guys that hold the boom mics you know like they do in movies they hold like the mics over the the, what are those people called the um boom mic guys the the boom mic guys so yeah we'll get some of those and they'll just follow us back and forth in the rocking chairs yeah and then occasionally they'll dip down and hit us in the head every once in a while when they when they're angry at us. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I, I think that'll be great. It'll be it'll be good to have um, more people a part of the show. Um, you know, we get really close to those those boom mic operators. You know, it'll be a lot of fun. Yep. So episode one hundred and one, and the first thing we need to ask of you, the listener, is we need some more topics. We're running low. The topic machine is getting low, right? Yes. Like, it's not really on E yet. We're not running on fumes or anything, but it's getting pretty low. We're trying to plan ahead. So if you guys have topics, if you people out there listening have topics, uh, send them in. They can be fun topics. They can be uh, design-oriented topics, whatever you want. Send them in. Uh, what's the uh, – you can send them in at topics at – uh, designmuch.org. <laughs> I totally forgot what it was for a second. Um, or better yet, go to designmuch.org slash contact and throw them in there. Throw your topic into the little contact form. Mm-hmm. Or hashtag designmuchtopics on like uh, LinkedIn or something. Yeah. And or feel free to DM either Patrick or myself. Um, yeah on LinkedIn or whatever. Yeah. Let us know what your topics are. 
Um, we, we have to feed the machine. If the machine doesn't get enough topics, you know, if, if it doesn't get enough, it's going to get really irritable. Um, gets really angry. Yeah. So we, yeah. we don't want that. We don't want that at all. So send us your topics. Uh, we want to know what you want to know. Uh, we want to, <laughs> I just did made you that just up right a tagline? <laughs> I just did. I just made that up. That was amazing. I think it's because we we're on, you know, we're over a, a hundred episodes. Now we're like really good podcasters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to know what you want to know. We want to help, you know, answer your deepest, darkest uh, questions. Yeah. Involving design. I guess. Yeah. Or, or design, design Related. adjacent. <laughs> design adjacent. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So let us know. Do it. Awesome. So Do it Patrick. now. Pause. Pause the show. <laughs> fill out the form, and then come back to the show. Unpause. Don't go away though. But just pause. Yeah. If you're on Spotify, pause. Go fill that thing out. Come back to us. Do it now. Just do it. Nike says. <laughs> should Should we make them pause, or should we just wait? Should we just like give them like a good three minutes of just dead air, so they can take the time, so they don't have to, you know, go push that button? What do you think, Patrick? Um. I don't if if there's dead air, I think they're not coming back. You, you think okay, fine. But oh, maybe man. we could like insert a song in here or something. If <laughs> if we're really ambitious and we're editing um this podcast, then yes, we're gonna play a song right here <laughs> for about a minute, sixty seconds. It'll be a good song. And then uh then we'll be right back. Okay, let's go now. And we're back, Andy. How's the uh do you think people submitted topics? Um, yeah, we'll, ha- we'll have to see. Uh, I, I really, I think they're going to be submitting topics. We gave them the option to either just hit pause and listen to that awesome music that you may or may not have put in that space <laughs> or they could have, yeah, they could have, uh, um, you know, done that. So I, I'm sure they have, you know, knowing our audience as great as our audience is, I think we have a bunch of new topics right now in our inbox. Yeah. They are fantastic people. They are. I've met, um, I've met 30,000 of them already. Remember when really? we had the stadium event? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you met all yeah. 30,000 of them. We met them all. We did that little signing at the end where we sat at the table and signed everybody's uh, copies <laughs> of, <laughs> of the Design Much podcast magazine. Do you remember that? The magazine. Yeah. The one that we printed. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. <laughs> <clears throat> magazine um that's great can't wait till we have a real magazine (laughs) but yeah um (laughs) speaking of topics patrick yeah do you do you feel like we should uh approach the design much topic machine uh generator you know it's 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 not doing too hot because it's a little bit low but do you think it can spit one out for us today yeah, uh, approach it gingerly, I think is what they gingerly. say. All right. Gingerly. All right. Like, just like, give it a little pat on the head, you know? Okay. I wasn't sure if, like, you're holding a can of ginger ale while you're approaching it. I'm not sure what gingerly meant until you said walking up and patting it on the head. But yeah, that yeah. works, too. I would prefer the ginger ale, but okay. Yeah, I so, could go for a ginger ale right now. Seriously, they're the best. They're the best. <laughs> um. So Patrick, um, our design much topic generator has given us a topic. Do you want to hear it? 
Yeah. One of these so, days I'm going to say no. Yeah, that would be bad. I'm like, At no, that man, point, I don't want to hear the topic. I don't know what I'm going to say after that. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are we going to do next? All right. Um, I can't think that fast on my feet. So um, at least give me some warning, you know? Okay. Give me like a couple weeks warning. I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you before the show. Okay, thank you. <laughs> so this this topic comes from friend of the show, Chris Jenkins, Patrick. All right. Um, so Chris, who has submitted so many awesome topics, and we really appreciate it, um, submits an interesting topic. Uh, so he wants to know, do engineers make good designers? Oh, man. Is he trying to start a fight? What's what's going on here? <laughs> why, why would that start a fight, Patrick? I don't know. Just I'm just maybe I'm trying to start a fight. Maybe you are. Uh, that's probably what's really happening here. Do do engineers make good designers or would engineers make good designers? Yeah. What did he say? What what was the it's, topic? It's it starts with do. Do do engineers do make engineers. good designers? Um you know, I'll be honest. I'm going to I'm going to come at it. We're going to come at the topic just full front. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I would say the majority of them probably not. Really? But I have met I have met a handful of developers that were probably better designers than any designer that I've ever met. Okay. In, including me. Now, I, I'm not a great designer. Uh, I mean, I'm an okay designer, you know. I think you're a great designer. I try to... I've, seen, I've seen your work. I can vouch for you. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm trying to be humble. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think uh, no, no. Like, honestly, I think um, a lot a lot of developers that I've worked with at di- the different places I've worked at um, were, you know, were, were really good designers or or could be really good designers if they wanted to. Like, okay. um, if they wanted to, I, I mean, they've got the cool job, you know, they're not just drawing boxes, they're building stuff. But like, um, yeah, I think, I think they could be, you know, I think a lot of developers could be really good designers because they, they do, um, the, the problem solving skills that they have are, are, are great. And I think that's where you sort of start with design, right? Is you start with, okay, how do I solve a problem? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. Engineers are like, of course, the the biggest problem solvers of the world, you know, um, in many different regards. So I am definitely impressed by what I'm able to see engineers come up with in terms of solving problems. And I don't understand a lot of the problems they solve. Um, I being a designer and really, you know, mainly focusing on like the front end sort of stuff that I, I'm able to interact with with engineers. And I don't really interact super much with the back end stuff that they're able to do. Um, but yeah, it, I think it's just absolutely fascinating, um, how they can know a language and be able to take that and turn it into, you know, building something. And I'm specific, speaking specifically to like software engineers. Um, so they're definitely fascinating people and, um, very, um, talented people, you know, they, they have to know a lot of stuff to get their job done. And I think that's awesome. So definitely those problem solving skills and that, that creativity that goes into that, I absolutely think that they could be able to transfer those skills into design. And there's of course a lot of cross, you know, cross work that happens from design and engineering where they're working together to be able to, um, come up with a solution and an engineer that has an understanding of design, but also has the understanding of how to build all that stuff. Like 
is able to know a lot and have a leg up on a designer who just knows the design aspect of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think those aspects absolutely um, can definitely help an engineer make a, for a good designer, right? So I think it's interesting, your first, your first impression, your first answer, Patrick. I want to dive into that a little bit more. Um, but what, what, what is it that made you say that? Uh, of course, like, there's a ton of engineers who could be really great designers, but what was it that initially made you um, think that? That they wouldn't? I was just yeah. joking. Oh, you were joking. I was just playing around. Oh, okay. okay. But I, I do think I do think though there's probably a lot of developers that um, wouldn't make good designers. You know, like I've I've worked with plenty of developers that are that um, probably don't have the the empathy, you know, to to truly become a designer. I think designers, you know, whether we whether we understand empathy or not, I think we I think we kind of. It's kind of a little bit innate. It's part of us. It's, it's probably part of the reason why we got into like when you when you talk to designers. Like if you interview a designer, you talk to young designers that want to be designers. You ask them why they want to be a designer, mm-hmm. or like when you interview people and you're like, "Hey, why did you get into design?" Most of the time, or a lot of the time, they have there's some desire to help somebody else. Yeah, um, it doesn't necessarily come from like a selfish place. Like I want to make a lot of money, or I wanted to like help myself or I'm an entrepreneur. Like most of the time it's like I wanted to give back or I wanted to, and it doesn't, it's, I'm not trying to sound like there's some kind of purity here, but I'm just saying like, I think, I think a lot of designers become designers because they see problems and they want to solve those problems um, for other people. And so I think, I think there are develop. I think there's a lot of developers that, developers by trade like they they they're they're logical thinkers and they want to solve problems and they're creative by you know they're very creative like all of them everybody i've met mm-hmm. um but i do think some people don't have the i don't i think i do think some developers probably don't have the same um empathetic drive that a designer would you know maybe they want to solve problems but maybe they want to solve problems for a different reason not to like help somebody out or you know maybe it's an entrepreneurship type thing or something but um yeah. yeah. So I think I think some developers just don't have that same drive, that same mechanism, which could hurt them when they become a designer because I think you know, I've worked with other designers that aren't necessarily empathetic people and they tend to design for themselves, which I don't mm-hmm. know, you know, depending on your skill level, I think you can overcome you can overcome that, you know, and be like, I'm going to design a fantastic thing for myself and everybody's going to like it. Um and maybe even depending on what industry you're in, but yeah, I think I think I've met you know I've met developers and and you know salespeople and stuff like that that have, that haven't had the the same sort of empathetic drive to be you know that that, that I think you need to kind of have to to enjoy design. Yeah, uh, I would agree. So I think like what what I'm taking from that, um, which I think is really interesting, like designers are typically approaching these problems um, from like the more like user side of things like they're really understanding like um you know what what are these problems and how do they pertain to the users how do they pertain to humans right Mm -hmm. um where a lot of engineers and i hope i'm not putting people in boxes but i think like they're um they're trying to solve like the problem themselves and they're using all of their technical abilities to figure out like okay i see this problem 
I don't know if this problem, you know, pertains to a person per se, but I see that there's a problem and I'm going to solve this problem using all of the tools I have. And a lot of the tools they have is like all of their engineering skills. So they might be like, you know, using, you know, building buildings or, you know, creating products, the physical products, or they might be, you know, um, writing code and they have to know so much technical knowledge to be able to build that stuff. They're really kind of coming at those based on the problem side of things, not exactly from like the, the, the human interface sort of things. So of course there are the, those engineers are thinking of like how humans are going to be able to interface with these things. Like they're considering that of course. Um, but at the same time, I think they're really focused on the problem and how do they use all that stuff to solve that problem where designers are coming in like, okay, how do I solve this, this problem for the user in the best way? Right. Um, that's kind of what I'm taking away from what you're saying. So I, I think I, I definitely agree with that. Like they, um, they can be able to, you know, bring that stuff into design, um, but they might not be thinking about it in a certain way that designers typically think about it. Like we really take yeah. the, the time to understand um, how other people are, interfe- are interfacing with something, not just us. Right. Yeah. Well, I think too, from, cause I, I, I always, um, I always feel like, you know, if there was some hierarchy of skill in like at like a SaaS company or something, you know, like I always feel like designer is kind of below an engineer. Like I've always respect engineering so much. Like I tried doing it and realized how difficult it was yeah. to do it. And so I, I feel like um, it's sort of like a level like I would like if you're a designer, the next a next a next logical step could be development. Like that mm-hmm. seems like you would go up, right? It seems like you're like that's that could be a potential way to move up the ladder. I don't see it the other way around necessarily, where like an engineer would would move up to a designer. I feel like it would more like they'd move <laughs> down to a designer. So I don't even question like the I don't even question like the skill level. Like I don't even question like, hey, developers just don't have the chops to learn design or understand design. Sure. I think they would, because I think that's that's in their mentality like they're going to solve the problem and the problem staring at them is the skills of design right i'm going to solve that and in fact i've known plenty of designers or plenty of developers that are like better at the design tools than myself right like <laughs> yeah. so like i think from a skill skill standpoint i don't think that's where they would would like uh fall but i think where they would fall is probably the enjoyment of it because i and and mm. maybe and maybe I'm stereotyping a little bit, but I always, I've always like, like four or five years ago, I kind of had this, like, and you've probably done this too. Like I just, I, I try to, you try to compare people. You try to relate people to things that you're familiar with and blah, 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 blah. So I'm not trying sure. to stereotype too much here, but I feel like a designer and a, and a developer sort of have a Kirk Spock relationship in that one of them is an <laughs> irrational human being. Like, one of them is a very irrational, emotionally driven human being, right? Which is Kirk. And then the other yeah. one is a very logical, rational human being, um, which is Spock. And I don't know if Spock's a human or not. I don't even know that much. But like, so I, I feel like, I feel like on some level, if you, if, if somebody that thought rationally, um, you know, in a very rational sense, in a very logical sense where your world, your world is, you know, your world is constructed in in not a fluid way, right? Like mm-hmm. if you came and talked to, to people and you interviewed people, your users, you would quickly realize that they are completely irrational, right? And when you interview <laughs> them. And so I think that would be frustrating for you. Like if it was, if I was me, um, 
Now, as, a, as personally myself, I find it enjoyable to talk to users because I feel like I'm just as irrational as they are. So like I relate to that more, right? Like I'm more of a, I'm, I'm more driven by emotion or reaction, that kind of thing than logic. Right. So like mm-hmm. things, things that make sense in my brain don't, uh, they're not always logically connected. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think, I think, you know, knowing a lot of developers that I know really well, they're more logical, rational human beings. I mean, they're humans. They have emotions and, you know, all that stuff too. But like, I, I, I see them get frustrated when we talk to users. Like I see them go, why would they, why would they say that? There's no point. You know, it's like, <laughs> I, I get it. Like, I know it doesn't make any sense, but you, you have uh-huh. to let that go. Right. And I think as designers, I think we can do a good job of letting that go. Not only because we're, you know, like most designers I've met have, you know, have, some innate ability for empathy, right? But like, um, I think we relate to other human beings that way. Like we relate to the frustration of using an application. We relate to the frustration of, you know, being at the gas pump when it's raining and you're trying to pump gas. Like we relate to those things. I think I think we're more in touch of those things than I think a logical, like rational, like a logical person wouldn't go get gas in the rain. That's like, that's what that would, that's what they would do. <laughs> Or they'd go to a gas station. They logically be like, "Okay, where's the gas station that has a cover over the top of it?" Myself, I just go to the gas station. I don't even think about it, right? Then I get pissed off when it's raining, and they're asking me to like, "Do I want a car wash?" And I'm like, "Are you freaking kidding me? It's raining outside." You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm more susceptible to that, like, like you know that everybody else kind of goes through. I, I don't know, and maybe that's an overreach, and maybe I'm stereotyping, but. I, I absolutely love uh, the the comparison to Star Trek there with <laughs> the designers Kirk and, <laughs> and Spock as the the engineer. Um, I, I I totally have seen that in my career too, um, and I and I think I think that like works so well because I think engineers like um, they are susceptible to like some empathy, right? They're not just machines, you know. They're not just yeah, machines yeah, yeah. that have an input and an output of a solution, right? Um, and that's the perfect part about Spock because he's half human, half Vulcan, right? So he does have some yeah. emotions and he has that, that, <laughs> that, that, that internal struggle that he has to deal with. And I think, um, I think a lot of engineers have that too. Um, but at the same time, like if they're not super connected to the user, because maybe they're not working a lot with designers, they're not going to have, they're going to be more frustrated, right? They're going to be like, well, let's just, who cares if the user is doing it this way? They're just doing it wrong. Let's not worry about that. You know, like, um, uh, let's not sell to those users, you know, (laughs) um, that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's a really good comparison and, um, something that I feel like I've experienced as well. So yeah, again, like I've met so many great developers and I think that they, they're definitely capable of the stuff that design does. But again, I think that they definitely are more on the very logical side is what you're saying um, versus the emotional side. So uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Um, I think that's awesome. Well, they, they're, I mean, we've all worked like engineers want to solve problems. That's like their drive, right? Like they really yes. want to solve those issues. They want to get to the how. And I think sometimes as designers, we, we also want to solve the problem, but I think um, sometimes sometimes as designers or, or a lot of designers I've met want to kind of like sit in that that like phase of like trying to understand the problem completely uh-huh. before they try to get to the how. 
And I, I see a lot of engineers like that I work with or I've worked with in the past when we do user interviews or when we're brainstorming, they go directly to the UI. They go directly yep. to like, oh, I could solve that problem right now. And they start whiteboarding stuff versus like sometimes you'd need to marinate in the problem a little bit longer to truly understand the deeper problem behind it. You know, like what's driving the surface problem that you have. And I can see I can see a lot of engineers and I've seen a lot of engineers get frustrated with that. Right. Like yeah, I, I remember so I was working for another company a long time ago. We went on a trip. Uh, one of the engineers was with us. We were talking about our product. We were talking about the product with um, we were doing these customer interviews. We did like three or four of them in one morning. You know, it was like one hour after the next. We were in the same room and they just kept bringing people in. Like they just kept bringing the the, the employees in right to talk to us. Mm-hmm. And we'd come in and. You know, I'd get fired up. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to find out. They bring out like a problem, right? They like services problem or we'd ask them like, how do you solve this thing? And they're like, oh, I take a sticky note and blah, blah, blah. And the engineer would be like, I'll just put that in the machine, right? I'll just put that in the machine. They can carry it around. We'll make a, we'll make an app for them. We'll just blah, 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 blah. You know, we'll do all this kind of stuff for them. And then I'm like, but why? Like, but why are you using a sticky note? And then it's like, well, because of this. And then it's like, but why did you do that? Well, it's because of this. Well, well that's interesting that you do that. Mm-hmm. Like, would you say that's the problem then? And they're like, yeah, well, that's the problem, right? And I think it's the same thing I think every junior designer has is this initial like knee jerk to like go directly to the how rather than sort of like letting the problem marinate in your brain a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where, I, at least from my personal experience, and I'm not saying everybody's like this, but from my personal experience, I think that's where I've seen developers get the most frustrated is like they hear something and they want to solve it. And and I go, well, do we even need to solve it? Like, is that really a problem? Right. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, I think I think that's where I think uh, I've seen a lot of engineers get frustrated. And that might be a place that doesn't, you know, maybe they enjoy not doing that you know so yeah. being a designer might not be as fun for them no that's that's absolutely uh <laughs> true i feel like <laughs> this is a weird <laughs> analogy but i feel like um, designers <laughs> in terms of the way people clean their bodies designers take baths they like to sit in their own filth for a little bit just like let when you said that you're like they just like to sit in the problem for a little bit. <laughs> you just like to wallow in it man <laughs> And it's true, like we're we're totally comfortable <clears throat> with like, just like seeing this like our customers go through pain and go through this all of this research <laughs> when like when a lot of engineers are those logical thinkers are like, okay, here's a problem, let's just fix this problem. Like they hear like one, you know, one problem from one customer and they're like, let's fix it. That's all we gotta do. Where the designers like to sit in that and realize, okay, how many people are experiencing this problem? Is it just this one person or is this like a pattern we're seeing with all of our users, right? Yeah. Um to help them make that decision. So I think Designers, they take baths <laughs> and shower, and uh, um, and developers, they like to take showers. Developers shower. <laughs> Do you? Uh, let's okay. Let's get real. You you brought the weird analogy in here, Andy. <laughs> How, when was the last time you took a bath? When's the last time I t- I I feel like I <laughs> um this so I've been working currently. You know, I'm working at Workfront, and I've been working on this really long um project Power, powered um, by Adobe. Powered by Adobe, uh, yeah, that's right. Workfront that. and Adobe company currently. Um, so I've been working on this project where I've been doing so much research. Um, so I've done like competitive research. I've done usability research. I've done you know um, existing user interviews, and I've just been 
I've been absolutely for the past like six months or so sitting in my own filth, Patrick. Just <laughs> I have been I have been taking a, a, a really long bath of research. Um, and of course, I've been I've been working on some solutions with that research, but um, I've had a, a great opportunity to be able to <laughs> uh, take a long bath as a designer. So um, it's been great. And I think and I think kind of going back to your initial analogy, like um, Kirk and Spock actually work really well together. Like, I think them together, they have tons of solutions that, you know, that they're able to figure out because of the polarizing way in which they see the world and work together. Right. So um, we can't just have those those snap, you know, pull the trigger solutions because we don't know if that's going to be the right solution. Um, it's very well could be the wrong solution. We could be talking to the wrong user um, or just be noticing the wrong problem with that user. Um, so the designer comes in, is able to really sit in that bath for a long time and figure out what the right solution is. Um, you know, scrub the right the right part of their body, you know, um, <laughs> if I keep going with that, with that weird yeah, let's, analogy. Let's not make this go any further than it already went. <laughs> um so so yeah, I mean it's like um, I, I think the, the the that pair the the the, the rash, irrational the the more um, emotional and individual and the more logical individual will work together to find the right solution because both of them will be pushing and pulling because the the designer should feel pressure from the engineers to start getting going on a, a solution or else the engineers just sitting around not doing anything they're not solving mm-hmm. any problems. And um, I think likewise, uh, the, the engineer should get pushed back from the designer um, to make sure it's the right solution that they're going to be working on. I would agree. And then I think everyone, everyone wins. Everybody wins. Everybody's happy at that point, right? Yeah. 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 I, I always, the other, the other analogy that I always used was um, like if there was two, if there was two family members in a house you would have uh, you would have one of those family members is out in the backyard, you know, spray painting a fence or something. And the other ones, the other ones in their room, you know, playing with Legos. And like, you know who the developer and the designer is in that family, right? <laughs> like the designer is the one sitting in the back shed, you know, doing something weird. <laughs> <laughs> Like design is so much, design is so much of a like a like a like let's smoke peyote and talk about the world kind of mentality, versus like a development, a, you know, an engineering mentality is like, I've got all these Legos, let's build something with them. Like how do yeah. we, you know, like it, that's what it's a, it's just a different mentality, right? And I think, I think you know you can tell you can tell, like in family members, there's the one kid that's outside, you know, like. <laughs> you know like eating a booger and drawn in the sand <laughs> drawing stick figures in the sand that's the designer that's really the designer and then you've got the you've got the one person in the family that's you know playing with legos trying or trying you know doing chores to earn money and that's you know that's the developer you know like that's yeah. the engineer that's like true. that really that that really that's really what it is you know i mean you already you already talked about designers just sit in their own filth you know like that's that same kid you know <laughs> that same kid who wants to take a bath at the end of the day 
is the same kid who was drawing stick figures in the sand outside. Like that's who yeah. that person was. That's right. You know, or or throwing dirt clods in the grass. Like I remember spending hours as a kid throwing dirt clods in the gra- in the grass. Like you chuck them across the grass and they hit the grass and they explode like they're bombs, right? And yeah. then I'd be like, yeah. Like, well, while your other that's friends, the designer. Your other friends are off like building like little robots that are going to save the world or something, you know? Like yeah, um, that's funny. Yeah, I mean it's totally true. Like if you if you look at like the things that designers do, and the things that engineers do, like as a designer you say, okay, we're all just gonna get together in a room, and we're gonna get all these different colored sticky notes, and we're gonna write stuff on the sticky notes <laughs> and just put them all over the wall. You know, we're just gonna fill up the wall with our ideas, and the, the engineers are like, let's just go, let's just go build something, let's go f- figure something out, and let's make the company some real money, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, we've all we've all been in a design sprint, right? Where like, it's a it's a week long design sprint. The first day, that's what we do, right? You're like, yeah, <laughs> okay, everybody, we're gonna do, we're gonna have, we're gonna put all of our ideas on it on sticky notes and then we're going to we're going to rank them with bubbles and we're going to do all this stuff <laughs> and then the next day none of the engineers show up right yes and they'll tell you like dude i got important i got important shit to do man i can't do mm-hmm. that and you're like but this is important you know and it's like that's but that's the mentality right that's the i think that's a difference and i think i think a lot of i think personality wise and 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 you know rational thinking and logically like i think when you're that type of person like you're just not going to have fun with that really yeah. You know, like that's not going to be enjoyable to you. But I will say, though, that I've met so many engineers um, that are really good art- artists, like legit, mm. like legit artists, like, um, you know, like they can draw, they can sketch. I knew a guy who like was a comic book artist, amazing artist, you know, and he was an engineer. You would think that person would be a designer, but. He's an engineer, right? Like, I've known so many engineers that have a deep artistic ability and like the skill sets there for for art. They would be way better. They would be a way better designer than any designers that work at the company, you know, based on their artistic skills only. But yeah. I think it's that. I, I really think it's that. I really think it's the 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 mentality and the drive of of what they're doing, right? Like that changes it. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, you, especially in UX world, right? Like. I think graphic designers are a little bit different than UXers, but like in the UX world, it really is a lot about, you know, experimenting, try, you know, thinking about things, thought process, throwing some ideas out. You know, I think it really is more of that and less of concrete. How do we solve this problem? So yep. I think they just don't become designers because of that. Like, I honestly think it's boring to them or like, um, you know, it's not it's not stimulating to them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of seems like, yeah, just superfluous. Uh, You know, all the all the little ceremonies and little activities we do as designers, like it doesn't look like it really comes out as like (laughs) uh, anything, you know, helpful. Um, But at the same time, like when you when you have the the Kirk and uh, what's his name, Spock relationship, when you're working together and you're, you're actually you involve them along in the process. You know, they're able to see like what sort of, you know, what, what your outcomes are as a designer. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a lot better that way. If it's not like if they don't work with you and they really just see you as that kind of person, <laughs> then it's not going to be super great. They're not going to really trust um, the solutions you come up with. Um, they're going to feel like you're a bottleneck as a designer. Um, 
So I think it's definitely, as we've talked about many times in this, this podcast, like it's definitely important to work together and to bring those engineers along with your design process so they can actually give the feedback, that really great logical feedback they always give, and um, to be able to you know help push you closer to a solution faster. Um, but also like to, yeah, get um, them involved um, so they can also get, you know, see you as an influence uh, in those decisions. So they can see like design actually does have um, a good reason to exist, you know, other than, you know, those, those post-it notes on the wall that are always making our, our, our conference rooms look ugly. Um, so I, I think it's, it's important to have that influence as a designer and to have that relationship, the Kirk Spock. And um, I think everyone wins, as we talked about earlier, everyone wins when you have that good relationship together. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree. Say, I've heard people say that developers are peanut butter and designers are the jam or the jelly, really? right? Okay. okay. Yeah. But I think that's a bad, I think that's bad because when you put peanut butter and jelly together, they just stick together. They don't, they don't mix to create something bigger than themselves. Right. So what if we said, what if we said like designers are, uh, are ketchup, <laughs> And developers are mayonnaise, right? Oh, right. <laughs> and when you mix those together, you get something even better. Yes. And for any listeners who live outside of Utah, this is, you know, commonly known as fry sauce. It's called, it's commonly known as Thousand Island Dressing. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? Isn't it? Isn't Thousand Island Dressing just ketchup and uh, and mayo with maybe like a... There's like I don't know some paprika in there or something. I don't know. That's a good question. Is there like pickles in Thousand Island dressing? Maybe I don't there's know. pickles. I don't know. But anyway, you're you you are correct. That's that's fry sauce or yeah. mayo chup or whatever the hell Heinz calls oh, it. I haven't heard that. But it's something that, you know, everyone <clears> thinks <throat> it's so weird for the fry sauce thing. That that pink little sauce that all the Utah um, restaurants have. But, you know, <laughs> Just to let all of you know, all of you non-Utahns, it's something that you have in all of your hamburgers already. You just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. When you have the mayo yep. and the ketchup, you already have fry sauce going on. It's really not. You just that didn't crazy. mix it up as much. Yeah, you get blobs of of those things together, but they're not like pink because they haven't been you know really stirred together mm-hmm. well. So, and then and then okay, so the ketchup and the mustard come together, right? And they form the what you know the design developer process, right? The magic that is creating the product, right? You mean the but you can make that even better. Okay. You can make that even better. PM comes walking over with a little hickory barbecue sauce, ooh, ooh. a couple of squirts of hickory barbecue barbecue <laughs> sauce in there. Now, now you got the magic sauce, and that's what makes a hamburger taste good. Yep. Right. Or any French fry, jeez, man. Any French fry, yeah. That's that's where the magic comes through. That's where a company gets value. You know, that's where a company has a reason to exist, right, Patrick? Yeah. Now you put the business in it, and now we're ready. We're ready to take this out to the world. Yes. This is why the Design Much podcast is uh, only at thirty thousand listeners instead of. Two and a half billion because we don't have a PM on our show. That's true. We should totally yeah. get a PM on our show and, a, and an engineer, of course, right, Patrick? Yeah. And the PM we do have on our show occasionally, he's well, he's just a PM, as we learned last <laughs> <laughs> last episode. 
<laughs> and that's that's not necessarily an inside joke. If you don't understand that joke, you should go listen to episode 100, where Andy introduced everybody as world-renowned designers and a PM. <laughs> No, that sentence totally included that PM like, is part of the world renowned. Like, here's here's the best pizza you're ever gonna eat, and a breadstick. <laughs> Talk about favorite design much moments. That's gonna be near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. <laughs> We love you, Michael. We do love you, Michael. <laughs> I think I think he's the the unofficial PM of our show, don't you? Like he's yeah, he's our he's our PM representative. Well, we have because Matt Bourne is sort of our unofficial executive producer. Yeah, um, and I think Chris Jenkins, to a certain level, is our probably like associate producer <laughs> at this point. We're just throwing and then, out, and titles. then Michael, yeah, and then Michael's like. <laughs> Michael's like our director of product management. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, um, you will all be getting your business cards in the mail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all unofficial, unpaid. Yes, unpaid. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope we didn't discuss, I hope we didn't offend all the engineers who listened to the show because we were stereotyping them as Spock. I think they would be very flattered to be Spock. Spock is awesome. I would be like, like if I'm Kirk, I would. I want to be Spock. Seriously. Yeah. I, I would say he's like. I would say he's the. Mm, he's one of the best characters of that that series, and this is. I don't really know too much about Star Trek, but him, Spock, and Data, those are the best characters. Yeah. Like the sidekick guys, not the the, the main. You know, not the, not the main but, ones. But those guys are really the main ones, right? Are it's, they? It's like, yeah. And, and if you if you like if you were to if you let's 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 take let's mix our math analogies even further, because if you take if you take like a band, right? Like the Spocks and the Datas and everything in the band are the true musicians. They're the ones playing guitar. They're the ones playing the drums. They're the ones moving yeah. the music. And then the designers trying to be like the lead singer, right? Like that's. You know, PM, PM, we all know PMs. We should reset that. We should reset this band analogy, though. We did, didn't we do yeah. this a long time ago? I don't know. On the podcast, where we described every member of a rock band as being somebody <laughs> in a product development organization. <laughs> I, I, I'm didn't, not sure about this, but I like where it's going. Didn't we have the, maybe it was you I was talking to about it. But I feel like, you know, like... The PM is really the lead singer of the uh, of the product Absolutely. development organization. They're the ones yes. that like get all the praise, right? Everything, everything, you know. When like <clears throat> they make a to do list and they rag us to get our work done, and then at the end of the day, like the sales team is like, "We love you, PM, for getting this released." Like, yeah, <laughs> they're really the lead singer, right? They're the prima donnas. They're the ones wearing the scarves. They're the ones, you know, kicking and screaming. They're the ones but, doing that stuff, right? Yeah, and they want recognition. Like when you talk to when you talk to PMs, I know a lot of PMs that that like having that recognition, right? Like they crave that recognition. That's a driver for them. That's fine. Like that's cool. Yeah. And then you have you have like front end developers, right? Front end developers are like the lead guitarist, right? Yes, that I totally agree with that. 
Like they, they don't want to lead sing. They may back up sing every once in a while, but they don't want to lead sing, but they want to be just as flashy as the, as the PM, right? Yeah. They want to come out and do the old, you know, hammer ons and taps and put their leg up on the monitor. And they want to do all that stuff, but they don't want to be like totally in the front. Right. <clears throat> and then you have, you have old, uh, you have old backend engineers on the base, just thumping away at the old, the old rhythm, right? Just oh, like driving great. it home. <laughs> and then you have the they're like they're like the foundation you know yeah. they're like the foundation of the product like without the back end engineer without the bass like if you take the bass away from a band it's garbage it's trash yeah it doesn't work at all like if you don't believe me go listen to Metallica and Justice for All man they turned down the bass they turned down Jason Newstead so much that that's just whiny music right so <laughs> That leads us to the drums. And of course, who do we have on the drums? The spastic ADD designer. That's who we have on the drums. Nice. That's, I love it. Setting the rhythm, setting the tone, right? Mm -hmm. Getting things started, kind of trying to keep people in time, right? Trying to being the key. But they still, they're kind of flashy, right? They want to, they have, they have a lot of energy in there. They want to experiment with things right in the middle of a set. They'll kind of go a little crazy and do a bunch of crazy you know, drum beats and stuff like that and throw and everybody throwing, off. They're throwing their sticks around. You know, they're like, they're really flashy with their sticks, like doing the, the flippy tricks and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, this is, this is a great analogy. This is way better than all the other 17 analogies we had in this episode. <laughs> this one's perfect. <laughs> this is just dead on. And it's true, yeah, though. if I was ever in a band, I wanted to be on the drums works out for me that totally applies to to my life patrick so it means it's true yeah and qa is the rhythm guitar we we we, we always right. forget about qa but qa is the rhythm guitar there's they're over there playing the uh, three or four chords you know okay. dreaming of the one day dreaming of that day that they're gonna make they're gonna be the lead right yeah when the when the front end developer gets sick they're gonna stand up and they're gonna do it you know now, now, Patrick, would you say like the agile coaches are like the ones that are like, you know, those, those backup singers that just kind of sway with the song. They don't do anything else, but just kind of like, they just sway. They're just in the back, <laughs> just swaying. And then they're like, they'll pop in for a second, a part of the chorus and like, just, you know, say something. Is that the agile coach? <laughs> no, the, the, I don't know who those, <laughs> the agile coach is more like the road manager, right? The road manager. Okay. They're more like the, they're more like the manager, maybe even the sound guy. Okay. Like they're not, they're not quite. They're not quite in the band, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but they have an important role in the band to make sure everything's coordinated correctly. All right. You know. I don't know the backup singers. You also like in a ska band, you have the, uh, you have the horn section. I don't know who those guys are. No ska band doesn't work, Patrick. Those are dead. <laughs> those those aren't a thing. You can't make an analogy for that dead long, that long dead thing. It's not. It's not cool. Man, Goldfinger's gonna be so pissed at you right now. <laughs> they are. Um, bring it on, Goldfinger. They're gonna bring a trombone your way, brother. Try to get just, you with it. I just find ska so offensive. I just really don't like listening to it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just don't like it. You don't like feeling happy. Is that what you're saying? That's right. <laughs> We should change our theme music to ska now. <laughs> oh, next episode. It's going to be horrible. 
No one's going to listen to us. Yeah. Well, there, there's certain people. Some people like ska, right? I don't think so. I'm pretty sure nobody does no. anymore. Yeah. Nobody does anymore. I don't think so. Hmm. Well, did we answer? <laughs> did we answer Chris's question? Um, yeah, I think I think we did. I think we answered it pretty well. We used again. I think we're up to like 25 analogies right now. You know, different mm-hmm. metaphors on how to answer that question. So, um, I think we've met our quota. I think we've answered that question pretty yeah. well. Okay, well, let's wrap up this episode. See you later, Andy. <laughs> See you, Patrick. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the pod. Real quick before you take off, we need your topics. Shoot an email to topics at designmuch.org or go to designmuch.org contact and fill out the form. If you enjoyed this episode and want to support us, go ahead and share the pod with some friends, coworkers, your weird aunt, that guy who takes your money every morning at the McDonald's, your hamster, really just whoever you want to. Lastly, go grab a Design Much t-shirt at designmuch.threadless.com and wear it freaking proudly. That's it, guys. Now have a good week, design nerds.